Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 87 on this Monday, November 22nd, 2021. You see that rhyme right there. Um, Frank and Nick, how you guys doing today? I'm doing great as always. And I'd like to point out the Chicago Bulls beat the New York Knicks last night. <laughs> Frank, what are you laughing about, man? That's not funny. Funny Knicks for me. joke this year. I know, man. We're, what, four and seven now in our last 11? Yeah. Ugly, man. You know, it, it makes you appreciate the five and one start. The simpler times when we had RJ going for 35 versus the Pels, five and one record. Everything seemed to be looking smooth. I mean, Kemba wasn't playing well, but we, we were winning games. We beat the Bulls, the Sixers, like the Celtics. It, it was fun times, but I mean, it's over now. Um, moving on to what we'll talk about in today's episode, we'll get into Jonathan Taylor and can he realistically win the league MVP? I mean, he's had an incredible season. We'll talk about the NFL in general and just the parody, um, the craziness, five upsets yesterday. Um, it's been such an unpredictable year, it feels like, um, a lot more, you know, than in the past. We'll talk about the NFC wildcard race in that, I mean, is very tight, five teams fighting for two spots um, with that. And then moving on to the NBA portion of the episode, we get into LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart's beef, um, which was, you know, definitely some fun television to watch last night. The Rockets' historically bad start, and the Knicks' continued struggles. So without further ado, let's dive on in, and we begin today's episode with Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's been off to an incredible start, 1,122 rushing yards, um, first in the NFL, 13 rushing touchdowns, also first in the NFL, 5.8 yards per carry, um, which is probably first in the NFL for guys who actually get like 100-plus carries, but he's technically third in the NFL for like everyone, but that could be like some guys who get like 25 carries. And then he's also first in the NFL in total scrimmage yards with 1,444 through 11 games. The Colts are currently six and five. They're winners of five of their last six. And they're sitting as the ninth seed right now in the AFC, a half a game back of the Buffalo Bills for the seventh seed who they just beat um, yesterday. So they have the tiebreaker over there. I would just argue real quick, guys, before I, I let you hop in. I would argue with no, like, standout quarterback this year. You look at, like, Pat Mahomes, he's had his struggles. Josh Allen's had his fair share of struggles. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I guess you could put him in there. But, I mean, he was also out with COVID for the game. And, you know, that whole ordeal kind of maybe tainted his MVP case. Kyler Murray's been um, hurt for the past couple of games. Lamar Jackson – I mean, he had that dud versus the Dolphins and then didn't play a uh, Sunday. So I would say with all of that, I think Jonathan Taylor makes a, a pretty strong case for MVP. I would give him my vote. Yeah, I mean, say Dak, too, kind of had a bad game this past week, and then they stunk it up versus the Broncos. And then Matt Stafford, too, had two stinkers in a row. So, Oh, Matt say, Stafford's not in, in that category, man. I'm sorry. I mean, with the way the Rams started, yeah, he was. Oh, no, he was, but last two weeks. But. Think, yeah, but I, he can easily get back in it with two good weeks in a row. That's the kind of thing. And what if we see a good performance from Brady, you know, tonight? Um, so, like, that – but I, to be honest with you, like you said, bad performances lately. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, we know this is a QB award. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is probably no doubt the offensive player of the year now that Henry's hurt, possibly Cooper Cup. But I still ultimately think at the end of the day, a quarterback's going to get this. One of these uh, elite teams in the NFC will go on a run, I think, down the line here. And whatever team does, 
that quarterback's obviously going to be playing well. I think they'll get the, get the trophy. And it might be Kyler Murray because he comes back fully He's healthy. He's been gone for three weeks, though. I don't you know. know that he might comes hurt. Back fully healthy off that ankle injury and, and they win. You know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is not winning this award. Um, I mean, look at the uphill battle Derrick Henry had to fight to even be in the conversation. And what he's been doing for like three years now is ridiculous. Jonathan Taylor's had a great stretch here, but it's, it doesn't touch what Derrick Henry's been doing. Um, and yeah, it is a little weird to see that there's no quarterback that's really separated themselves. Usually by this point in the season, we see two or three guys really ahead of the race. And right now I can think of like seven guys and none of them have really stood out. But at the end of the day, it's a quarterback award, as as Frank said. And listen, somebody is going to go on a run. We still got like seven, eight games left for everybody to play. And that team is going to be the Buccaneers. Their schedule is a joke. They're coming out of the bye hot. Um, well, they had a game last week, right? But they're, they're going to, yeah. you know, they're going to be focused now, I think. And Brady, like the media, he's a polarizing guy, but he's very popular. He has the best counting numbers, which, you know, casual people love to look at. I think the media voters love to like look at just touchdowns, yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Brady has all of that. You know, he's going to have a good record. They're going to finish with like 13 wins. I, so I don't, I, I do not see a world in which Jonathan Taylor wins this award. Because you also have to remember, they like to give it to a player on good teams and the Colts are only like five and five. So they're, they're six and five right now. The six Colts. and five but, now, okay. Yeah. But so like if they're like a wild card team, I'm, I'm actually mm-hmm. curious, like when the last time an MVP was that didn't win their division, I wonder how frequently that happens. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I think Adrian that. Peterson, the one year in 2012, I think the Packers won the division. You're right. But yeah, the last non-quarterback to win the award. Yeah. And look at so, that. He ran for 2,100 yards. But look, Raph, you brought up the point of Derrick Henry and how he wasn't able to kind of, you know, get over the hurdle. But that was totally different. Lamar Jackson in 2019 was, I mean, had a spectacular season. Aaron Rodgers last year had one of the best quarterback seasons, statistically speaking, like efficient. Um, his QBR was ridiculous. His... um passer rating was ridiculous I mean all that this year I don't think there's that one guy who just like stood out and and been elite I think Kyler was that guy but being out for three weeks really hurts his case and something I want to touch on real quick is that five guys last year in the NFL had a QBR above 70 this year there's not a single quarterback that has a QBR above 70 so the quarterback play overall has been just kind of worse this year I think I'm just kind of pointing at how I see I it, it just feels like there's it's been worse there's no doubt yeah but I just I still think some teams are poised for a run and I think the Buccaneers are one of those teams and listen it's Tom Brady bro like if he, if he puts up numbers he throws for three touchdowns every night 300 yards he's gonna he could finish the season with 50 passing touchdowns you're telling me they're gonna give it to a running back over that I just don't see yeah. that happening and 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 if Taylor's not is he st- is he on pace for 2,000 no. I don't think so, right? Yards. Probably scrimmage yards. Oh, not easily like, scrimmage yards, yeah. but, but like, that's no, not like, regular yards or like, not rushing yards. And, and Henry and Henry put that up, and he still didn't win. Like, and, and I guess Frank, didn't win. He no. wasn't even in the conversation. Did anybody yeah. even talk about Derrick Henry last year? Well, because Rogers just ran away with it. I don't think anybody was even in his strategy. I understand last that, year. but we still have so many weeks. Like, I I still think, like you said, I think personally too, a quarterback's going to jump back in this race. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I think it's going to be someone from the NFC. Probably, you know, like you said, Brady, maybe Brady, Roger, right? Maybe Kyler, maybe I mean, even Dak, on Brady. But but somebody's gonna jump back into this race and take it, especially since we have, you know, if even Taylor though, though, if Taylor keeps this up though, I think you're gonna have to give him the nod. If, if he oh, doesn't sure. slow if he down, five touchdowns every week, sure. Well, no, but, no, because he's had like a hundred plus rushing yards the last like four games. He's like 185, 117, 136. I, think, I believe it's eight games in a row he's had over a hundred rushing yards and a touchdown. 
Well, so, not, I don't think it's eight games with the over 100 rushing yards. That's definitely not a real stat. You just definitely – eight no, games think, in a I row? Think you might be right about that. I saw it on TV yesterday. I didn't make so it he, up. He so he, no, he hasn't had a single game under 100 rushing yards in eight games. Or maybe games. it was that's 100 impressive. scrimmage yards. Maybe it was 100 scrimmage yards. It, I mean, that's easy. That's, that's – uh, that well, would be, make more sense. I'm pretty sure yeah, that it's he, 100 scrimmage yards, but I'd like to point out in his past eight games, he only has one game under 100 rushing yards. So only anyway. one game. That's that's, that's yeah, impressive. He, he tied, I believe, Ladanian Tomlinson's record. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So Again, he's been on a if he, it, dude, if he gets like 20, because right now he's at, he has 13 touchdowns rushing in 11 games, I think three on the receiving end. So 16 total touchdowns. I mean, if he gets like 25 total TDs, 30 maybe. I mean, you're gonna have to reconsider. Listen, at the end of the day, though, his his crazy tear like has been against like the the Jets, the Jaguars, the the Bills, who really I mean, okay. The Bills have the best defense in football. But but, but look Listen, what Henry Henry had you know 200 yard games against the Jags and the Texans last year. Like yeah, you know, well they play in the same divisions. So they play cupcake teams. Yeah, but and listen, next week the Colts play the Buccaneers. Everybody knows about their run defense and what they're all about. I think Vita Vea is going to be out. Did but, Buffalo not have the number one ranked defense before yesterday? I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, but that's, once again, look at who they played. It's because they shut out like the Jets and the Texans. Like yeah, they play a lot of backup quarterbacks. Like they played Davis is, Mills. Being an MVP is all about like moments. Like when are you going to shine? Like when do you take over? And if if he has a huge game against the Buccaneers, then I can start to like really take his case seriously. They won't win the division, Indianapolis, though, because the Tennessee has a tiebreaker plus the two game lead. Based off of what I saw from Tennessee yesterday, I don't know about that. Yeah, that was bizarre. But got, so you guys go from you guys go from switching Super Bowl contender Tennessee to just now you're already giving up on them. After no, one I'm not giving up on them, but. I don't know if I. Give I would up not the, give up on them. A loss, a loss to the Texans is a fair reason to question a lot. It's, it's I don't like think so. I think someone. it's I think it's I think it's an any given son. I think they still I, I think they're still a, a legit team in the AFC. I think they're still a top three team or so. I mean, who who's ran away with the the AFC so far? I'd rather not, I think the Patriots are gonna who's beat run away with team? anything. Nobody's run away with anything this year. Exactly, and right, that's well, what we're gonna touch well, on our next. That's what that's literally our next topic. So let's yeah, talk about transition, that. boys. Is the most par- Is this the most parity we've seen ever in the NFL? We had five upsets on Sunday, and it feels like every week we have a handful of upsets. I mean, good luck in your survivor pools. I got knocked out with I think the Bengals over the Jets. I'm sure people got knocked out this week with the Titans, and just an upset. There's an upset every single week or multiple. Um, and oh, then yeah. you know, this past Sunday we had the Colts absolutely blow out the Buffalo Bills. Not a lot of people expected that. Then we had the Texans beat the Titans in Nashville. Tannehill had a horrible game. We had the Vikings beat the Packers um, in a divisional matchup. And then we had Washington, the Washington football team beat Cam in Carolina. And then Colt McCoy beating Seattle. Colt McCoy's had a couple of great games this year as a backup quarterback. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, it's just – and like I said, the Colts blew out the Bills. And that that's something that really was the game for me that surprised me probably the most. Um, Buffalo's been so inconsistent at times this year, but I really thought they'd strap it on against the Colts. And Josh Allen seems like, you know, he's regressed a little bit. Um, but – I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sh- I'm shaking my head with this right here. And same thing with the Titans. Tannehill threw four picks yesterday. They couldn't move the ball on offense. The offensive line was bad. Uh, A.J. Brown is always injured, it seems like. They have no receivers out there. Like, it's a mess. It's a mess, the league. Um, it's I a mess, the league. It's a mess. I think it's awesome, yeah. honestly, because the NFL always has the most parity out of, like, every sports league, I feel like. Just looking at the NBA, like, there's, like, there's, like, I mean, like, maybe hockey, hockey sure. 
Well, no, baseball. Like, baseball probably does. I right? just feel like in all of those sports, especially in the playoffs, when it comes to like the seven game series, like the best team almost always comes out on top. Whereas the NFL, any given Sunday, and in the playoffs, you could see wild card teams go on a run. And, you know, you wouldn't expect that. Like, think about it. The Buccaneers last year were like the five seed. How, how often does the five seed in the NBA like win it all? Never. Oh, never. But the NBA is like the one exception. I think that. Uh, I think the NHL and MLB actually. Look at the MLB this year, though. We had an 88-win team win the championship. But to look at the MLB with the fact that Bryce Harper, the MVP of the Nationals, like an MVP player, he leaves the team, and then they win the World Series the next year. Like, Mm -hmm. after he he requested a trade, right, because he wanted to be in, like, a winning situation – I mean, I don't know, that's crazy to me. But know, we're not a baseball I, podcast. I don't, I don't I know much. I think the NFL all, usually has the most parity because you can never, at the beginning of a season, you can never narrow it down to just three teams that have a chance. There's like 10 teams or 12 teams that have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. And that's like why especially, we, especially this year now, it's like, it's just awesome to see because it's, there's just so many, everybody loves upsets, right? You know? Yeah, that's why we say yeah. any Sunday. Frank, why did you say, Frank, I want to ask you why you think it's a mess. I mean, like, I feel like it's you were just messing on words to say it's a mess. It, it's so difficult to, like, understand who's going to win and who's not going to win. Every single but week. That's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. That's how we watch. It's that's a fun. Tune in every Sunday, man. It's like a mess. Like, the whole league's a mess. Like, we don't have any proven contenders almost, it seems like, at this point. Maybe outside of the Cardinals. Like, it's just everyone's so up and down every single week. A team will come in and, you know, blow somebody out. And have a really good convincing game and a couple of good convincing games in a row, and then they'll lose to some team who doesn't like who's at the bottom laughing stock of the league. It's crazy. Yeah, look at the Titans. They've lost to the Texans and Jets, but they've beaten like the Bills, Rams. I mean, they beat uh, some really good teams, like the Chiefs. I think yesterday Ian Rapport tweeted out a stat that was like it's like the first time ever that in like multiple weeks, like a, a sub 500, like five sub 500 teams have beaten division winners. It's like something crazy like that, where it's like every week the top teams are just getting taken down. And it's, it, it is really hard to like, yeah. you know, like compose your thoughts and like decide who's good and who's not good. Shout out Colt McCoy too for that. Oh, well, as Giants uh, fans, we love Colt McCoy. You know, no, he, he won in Seattle last year for us, 12 to five score. Then comes mm-hmm. into Seattle again this year. And, dude, he played a good game, like 290 yards, two touchdowns. He, especially on that last like, drive to ice the game, he made some good Yeah, throws. like, dude, Colt. Dude, Colt's been balling. And, and mm-hmm. I saw a thing where he was, like, a pass rush coach for Chan- Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he was telling Chandler Jones before the game uh, to just be yourself and, and be loose and, and stop thinking out there on the field because he had one sack in the previous seven games, Chandler Jones. And then yesterday he had two sacks. So mm-hmm. um, back on, I mean, he had that crazy first game versus the Titans where like six five sacks, yeah. whatever it was, five and a half. It was ridiculous what he had. No, back Jones is interesting. He's in like the top six all-time sack leaders at the Seahawks stadium. And he's only played like eight games there. Like everybody else on the <laughs> That's list. That's crazy. He has like 15 sacks in eight games or something like that. And like everybody else on this, like Michael Bennett has played like 80 games. Like it's, it's insane. So for whatever reason, whenever he goes up to Seattle, he's always ready for a big game. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that upset got me hype. And how about the Vikings, too? I want to talk about them real quick. That because, one caught me off guard. Yeah, because I remember saying that, like, we were talking about the next three games versus the Ra- at Ravens, um, versus the Char- – wait, was it at Los Angeles? I think it might have been at Los Angeles. And then versus the Packers. And we were like, there's – I know, Graf was like, there's no way they win one of those games. They win two. It arguably could have won three, but they choked the, the, the Ravens game. They could have been three. and I think the Vikings are a scary contender. I, I think they're for real. 
I yeah, think they're for real. Scary though. contender. I think that's pushing it's just it a, a shame. It's it's a really a shame that the Vikings lost so many games that they deserve to win already. Like they didn't deserve to win the them. They lost they're the them. six. They're the no. six seed right now. They'll make no, the playoffs. No, but like they they've been in every single game pretty much so far this season. And if it wasn't for some kicking issues and some uh, coaching clock management mistakes, like this team could be a, a seven win team. Yeah, I guess. But when you say that they deserve to win it, that makes it sound like it was like the refs' fault. No, what? Like they just beat themselves. No, like, yeah, they didn't. No one deserves to win. Yeah. Yeah, like, but there are like, much like, better coach messing up. Like that's like just your problem, you know. It's like, like they are really talented. No, no, hundred percent. Always be an issue for the Vikings. I, I feel like that's always been an issue. Them closing out close games. So it's always been an issue for the Chargers too. But finally, they, uh, they've kind of figured because they out. have to play a road game every single game. Like, what's yeah. that about, dude? I don't know. They almost they gotta, blew it last night, though. Dude, give credit to Justin Herbert. They have played ten games. They're six and four. Practically six and four on the road. Yeah, there I mean, was we saw the, the Steelers last night. Yeah, well, uh, I still think that was only sixty percent, more like eighty percent in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It was it, not it, a smart decision to move them to LA, where they already have a football team. You know that vivid seats thing? Is that where you saw like the sixty percent fans? Because they show no, like what, on the broadcast. You know, because like, they use they no because they use it from vivid seats, right? Like the whole like they vivid seats well, has know. this whole thing about like who what percentage of certain fans are at each game. But that's so inaccurate, man. That's got to be. Like, there's no way only 60%, but I don't know. It looked like about 60% when I was watching. I saw some Chargers fans mixed in, but a you lot know, like, fair. They, one, they, one of the sections was packed, though, with Steelers fans. Like, I, it was on, it was under that video I saw. It was crazy. I mean, especially Steelers fans travel really well. So that's like a – that's just a tough one. Yeah, but it sucks for the Chargers because, like you said, they're basically playing every game on the road. They, you have no home field advantage whatsoever. Because they've, they've had the Raiders come in. The Raiders took over their house on Monday Night Football. They've had um, the Cowboys come in, and they just took over. I mean, some of these teams have such major home field advantages where it can literally win you a football game. It dictates the outcome of a game, and they don't have that plan. I don't know, though. Do you really believe it Like dictates the outcome of the game? I would love to ask a player about that, like how much it really matters. I don't know like if it matters as much as like we oh my Because you still have to execute the game plan. You know what I mean? Like, if it's, if it's not a playoff game, though, Frank, if it if the atmosphere is not electric, is like, dude, I come like you see. Sometimes they have to go silent count under center because they literally. No, I no, I think it, there's a factor, but like, does it single handedly? Like, I don't know. But like, I think if it's like a majority factor, big factor. I think the bigger factor is actually going on the road and like not being at home and then like having like sleep in a hotel and then like not having your yeah. locker room. I think that's more of a factor than the crowd noise personally. It's like when people say like, oh, we're going on the road. I think that's the bigger factor, but I don't know. I guess I, I've never played in the NFL. So you I know, we never, exactly. That. I would love to, I want to like ask like an NFL player, like a genuine, I want their genuine answer. I mean, cause I've, mm-hmm. I've, we've seen some players talk about it, but you know, they kind of give a cliche answer. Some, I think some have said like, it's, you know, it's a big deal. Some have mm-hmm. said it's not a big deal, you know, whatever. Oh, it's, it, to me, it seems like it's definitely no, a big it's, deal. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a deal. It's a deal. I don't know if I would call it like a game changer. Or it's going to dictate the outcome of the game, but it's a deal. I mean, it, it, it plays, plays, a, it plays a part. The outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. I would say a, it plays a factor, not a huge factor, but we, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. All right. Well, staying on the topic of parity, let's talk about the NFC wildcard race now, because this is a really tight race. Got a bunch of teams in the mix here. Um, the Vikings, who we were just talking about, they're five and five. They're the sixth seed. Um, because really the five seed is going to be between the Rams and Cardinals at this point because they're pretty ahead of the pack. Whoever wins the division will get like the one or two. But um, and then you have the Saints are five and five. They're the seven seed. The Niners have, you know, come back a little bit. They're five and five. Eagles five and six. Panthers five and six. Washington and the Falcons are four and six. So a lot of teams in the mix. I know the Giants are right there too. 
Uh, the Eagles have the easiest remaining schedule, though. So, And from what I've seen, their offense has really gotten it clicking in recent weeks. So they could be a potentially interesting team. Um, but I don't really know what to make of this. I've already we, we, we already talked about the Vikings. I'm really not too sold on them. But, yeah, um, the Saints, I don't think they're going to make it because they've lost three in a row. I think we can rule them out. The Panthers yeah. with Cam Newton are very interesting. I don't know what to make of them yet. But, you know, as a Giants fan, it hurts me to say, but I like what I'm seeing from this Eagles team in terms of progression because they've gotten better from the first day of the season. And that's all you can ask for with like a new coach and a bunch of young players. Yeah. Um, this is so, this is so tough for me, man, because I'm going to give the 16 to the Vikings. I mean, you guys, anyone who's been listening to the podcast is I'm a, I'm a huge Vikings fan. I made a couple of, I mean, I made a couple of videos about the Vikings. I, I'm a fan of their team. I think they're, I think they're up there with like, dude, I don't want to say it, but I kind of want to say, it. I think they're it. up there with like Dallas. Oh. Like, you know, I, I think they're really, oh. I really think they're in that tier like where they could win a playoff game. You know, I think they can win a playoff game. So I would definitely put them in like the, I, I think they're, they're one of those teams that truly is, is, is a good squad. Then the seven seed is really complicated because there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that could get into the spot. Um, between the 49ers and the Eagles, between the 49ers and Eagles, I had the, the Niners winning the NFC West before the season. I was pretty high on them. I was high on Philadelphia, too. And, and, and they're five and six guys, right, Philly? They're five and six. But they got five very winnable games coming up. The Washington football team twice, the Giants twice, and the Jets. Now, you might not win all five of those games, but if you can win four of them, get to nine wins, that, that changes a whole lot. And it's That's why I'm – I'm going to lean towards Philly because of the schedule. I, I think San Fran's a better team, but I'm, I'm going to lean towards Philly because that I think they might get 10 wins with that, with that schedule. Yeah, the schedule is a cakewalk, but I think it's fair to say that we could rule the Panthers out. Uh, they have a really tough schedule out. coming up. And oh, they, true, really, true. they really needed that game against Washington, and they lost that. Um, and I think the Falcons, obviously, are just decimated on offense um, with the w- lack of weapons. The offensive line can't the lack block. of a line. They can't block for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's been under pressure for four years. I think it's between the Niners and the Eagles as well. I think the Vikings have that other spot locked up. And I think the Saints, it's like you said, Graf, it's fair to say that they're going to fall off a cliff. They've lost three in a row. They just can't win with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. And they've also put Taysom Hill in, man. They're missing yeah. so many starters on their offensive line. Their two tackles are their strong spots and they didn't play on Sunday. Like they're in a tough injury spot and they have a short week this week against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. So that, that's going to be tough. But the Niners, I, I think the Niners are a better team, like you said, but Philly's schedule, you're getting hot at the right time. You can run the football really, really well now with that mixture, you know, the running back by committee and Jalen Hurts, and you have a good offensive line. It's a recipe for winning football. They've been hogs, man. Their, their offensive Philly, line's Philly and great. San Fran can both make the playoffs, though, is the six and seven. I, the I Vikings think- are making the playoffs. Yeah. You don't think the Vikings? The Vikings will- uh I, Come on, Gaff. They've won two of their three games with a hard I, I schedule. Think we're, I think we're just – we're locking in the Vikings as a playoff I wouldn't lock them in. I wouldn't be surprised if they fall off because they don't know how to close games. But they've but, gotten they've gotten past their, the hard part of the schedule. They just beat the Chargers and the Packers. Like we know how the Vikings are. Like, we just know how they are. We know how they are. I mean, they're, 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 they're good enough to be a nine-win team and make the sixth seed, in my opinion, or at least – at least a seven seed, maybe. I mean, come on, they'll make the playoffs. And they got the tiebreaker over. Um, so they don't have the tiebreaker over Philly. They haven't played Philly, but they have the tiebreaker over like the Panthers, if that if that means anything. I mean, I don't think Philly's it really played any of these teams. I mean, we got a good next week. The Vikings and the Niners are playing, so that's gonna be oh, kind of a that's game. a good one. 
for that. That's playoff. Like huge. Uh, that's massive. You know, looking at the Vikings schedule, they they have Detroit still. They have Chicago twice, but they got some tough games in here. They got the Rams and the Packers back to back weeks. Um, so yeah, I don't know. No, going to going to Soldier Field is tough for for Minnesota though. They've struggled there in the past, and I mean it's yeah. going to be what probably a December game. What is that? I don't know. December. Put them in, but. I think I would say it's fair to say that those three teams would be competing for those two spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I, in my eyes, I'd pretty much knock everybody else out of the race. No, I would not. I wouldn't knock anyone else out of the race, but I'm putting Philly in. I'm penciling Philly in Minnesota. Any given Sunday. Like we don't exactly. know what's happening. Can. We can't just rule like, I don't know. I you can't rule out any team. You know, the Panthers are still in it. Cause they, they have fell apart though against the football teams. I know, no, they no, they fell apart. They fell apart, but they've been that, great for most of the season. So I mean, you got, you got to hope it's just one fluke game and, and you move forward. And I think the offense was promising though. With Cam, tough, Cam looks pretty solid. They have a tough schedule though coming up too. But they play the they play the Dolphins and one other easy team before it gets real hard. Like they still have two more easy games I think coming up. But then it gets kind of it gets rocky. Also, the one last week that said the football team was going to be three easy wins. You said three easy wins for the Panthers, and they just I, I did, I did because the football because the football There's team no hasn't been good all year. They played two good games in a row, and you can't like write in the Dolphins as an easy. No, I know, but I expected Washington to not be because look, their secondary is abysmal. Washington, and then Chase Young got out for the year. That's, and then the offense. I mean, the offense is just we know it's been. It's been up and down. Only easy win in the NFL right now is Detroit. If if, if Detroit's on somebody's schedule, I'll give you that. That's an easy win. <laughs> but nothing else I'm willing to say is a free win. Oh, man. I don't even know if Detroit's a free win. They've, they've gotten close. Oh, they might beat the Bears on Thanksgiving. You know that. They should have beat the Ravens. That's like a 66-yard field goal. I mean, that was ridiculous. They might beat the Bears on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a close game. I think the Bears pull on top because it's one of those games where everyone thinks the Lions are going to like win and have a chance. It's like the Eagles game all over again. I know, but like, you know how like that Thanksgiving tradition, like you never, if there's going to be one game. When's the last time they've won on Thanksgiving should be the real question. I know, but it's like a (laughs) treat. When's the last time they've won? They have two, they have two winnable games left on the schedule pretty much. The Falcons and this game, they might beat some team they're not supposed to, but this is one of their chances. They'll beat it. They'll beat like the best team on their schedule knowing the Lions. That's how they're Well, just knowing the NFL in general, we saw with the Jets last year. Wait, I'm trying to look up. Can you look up Lions Thanksgiving history or like record? Because I want to see the last time they've won. Probably a long time ago. There we go. No, Detroit Lions all-time record in Thanksgiving. Bro, they definitely won like recent. They're 37 and 42 all time. You know, that's actually not that bad, right? It's not that bad. That's good for the fucking Lions. All of them have been at home, though. All the games are in are in. Well, no, they're always at home. Yeah, the Cowboys yeah, always, always get home. a home game, too. Wait, no, they last oh, look, The last time they won was 2016 versus the Vikings. They, they're on a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And two of those are to oh, the Bears. Wow. Two of those games are versus the Bears. And and listen to this news. Andy Dalton is expected to start versus Detroit. Fields is sidelined with an injury. That's interesting. That I mean, they blew Mitch Trubisky twice, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule anything out. All right, um, let's move on to the NBA now. Um, talk about LeBron and Isaiah Stewart and their massive brawl. Um, I mean, this was crazy, right? Uh, I, I saw Gilbert Arenas make comments about this, and it was pretty funny to me because – it's like the number one rule or the number one unwritten rule in the NBA is you don't attack guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron, Steph Curry. I, I think he's a Clay Thompson as well. Um, yeah, you don't attack those guys, man. I mean, you don't you don't attack those four. Um, attack a lot of the stars like Harden. You, you just don't do it. And his, I mean, Isaiah Stewart, I think, is a very underrated player. Had a great rookie season last year. Um, great shot blocker. Um, great rim protector. 
I mean, he's solid offensively, but uh, he's not quite there yet um, on the offensive end. But defensively speaking, I think he's been fantastic for the Pistons. Um, and, you know, I've I seen some people say they're going to trade and they're not going to trade him. But what basically went down last night was LeBron hit him in the, uh, LeBron hit Isaiah Stewart in the elbow on like um, on the block uh, on the foul shot. And the foul shot was going in, by the way, like this, this, this foul shot was in the hoop already by the time LeBron made the, well, actually it was the punch really. It was the back of his hand, not the elbow, my bad. It was at the back of his hand that hit Isaiah Stewart, kind of sideswiped him and, and caused the bleeding from the right eye or the left eye, whatever. Okay, hang on a second. It didn't kind of sideswipe. I mean, knocked him in the face and he was gushing. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. But no, I'm saying like it came in like it, like it went like that. It felt like, and then he started bleeding. So I, LeBron's nail must have. LeBron's nails must be so. No, that's a, it's a really sensitive part of your skin. Around your eyes, very the, the skin is very sensitive. But when you get hit that hard, it's going to start to bleed. I know. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I mean, but his lip was bleeding too. Did you see that? Like his lip, like I think his like lip was bloody. So he I think was like a goddamn madman. He got, got hit hard. Well, dude, you know, I think he has chapped lips because like you don't bleed from your lips. I think like he that. just got punched in the yeah. face. I think that's why he no, was. No, but listen, I, but listen, I have to live. No, but dude, what your lips are more like your lips bleed really easily. If you have chapped lips and you get hit, you know that, right? I don't know if he was bleeding off the lip, man. It wasn't, but, he got hit. He got rocked. No, he got, no, he got rocked. No doubt. Yeah. But, but it's not nothing to do with the he was bleeding. He was bleeding through his lips though, too. It was not just his eye. It was dripping down his face. That's why. No, no, no. You, did you not see the angle? You could tell his teeth were like red too. I mean, like in Nick, his, the lip, his bottom lip, you saw the blood coming through his bottom lip, Frank. I I'll literally show you the clip. So because he got whacked. Okay. We'll agree to disagree on yeah, that, yeah, but he was bleeding a lot. Yeah. Let's just say that because I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you don't, if you're bleeding from your lip though, does that not mean you're bleeding from your lip? I mean, if it's coming out, but I don't know. Lips. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, I know because I've I I I get chap lips a lot, and I know like when you're in the cold weather with chap lips. I mean, I know the cold weather wasn't there, but when you've chap lips, like you your lips bleed very easily. But um, and <laughs> what? I mean, I'm being serious. It, it's well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't think that has any relation towards this. I think it's just a little off topic. Yeah, a little off topic. But anyways, um, the fines came in, suspensions came in for the things LeBron has been suspended one game for this because, I mean, obviously made the little, you know, cheap shot, I would say, uh, on Stewart. But Stewart's reaction caused him to get two games because, I mean, he started charging at the Lakers, um, knocked over like three um, coaches on, on the Pistons. Um, Cade Cunningham got, you know, he broke Cade Cunningham's tackle, um, but eventually Cade got them up um, past half court a little bit towards, um, I believe it was DeAndre Jordan was the guy that, he was targeting for like I don't know why he was attacking DeAndre Jordan like he was going towards him not anybody else because LeBron was probably already being like guarded by security guys on the bench over there so that when when he ran like that wasn't towards like LeBron or anyone um but yeah I mean pretty messy brawl LeBron got ejected Stewart obviously got ejected and Westbrook got a technical foul um I think a lot of technical fouls were given as, as well so I mean overall messy situation in Detroit LeBron's now out versus the Knicks. Stewart's now out versus the Bucks in the Heat and the Pistons next two games. Um, and th these two teams play again in six days on November 28th. Um, it's, on, it's on Sunday, November 28th. They play in Staples Center in Los Angeles. So that should be a fun one. Soon to be the Crypto.com arena. No, yeah. it's not. Not yet. Well, December soon to 25th. be. Soon to be. Right. When it's, is it? Next season? December 25th. Oh, no, it's, it's Christmas. It, it debuts on Christmas. 
So crypto.com arena is coming soon, but it's still the Staples Center for now. I didn't get that mixed up. Um, and yeah, I mean, what are you guys thoughts on this whole situation though? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> as I saw someone comment on the post, it looked like they needed him for a running, like as a running back for the Detroit Lions. I mean, the guy was plowing over assistant coaches. The Lakers team was standing at half court. It looked like a malice at the Palace 2.0. Just no, nothing escalated. Nothing. Oh, no, come on. Like, the fans didn't storm. It wasn't malice at the Palace. No, level. the players stormed the court. But like but I'm no saying, fans it, stormed it. You know, I didn't say fans, did I? But malice at the Palace was all about the fans. I mean, you that's as close, the that's the close the you're going to get in the modern era, though. Yeah, I mean, oh, agreed. like. Agreed. like no one threw any punches, but it could have gotten real bad and real serious. I mean, the, like Isaiah Store was like a madman. He was really fired up after he got it whacked. It was justified, though, I think, for him. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I think it was semi-justified because, dude, I think so like, well. no punches are ever – in the moment like that, after you get like – you 100%. think you got cheap body through, you're, you're pissed off. You're like, what yeah. the – what the F, man? I mean, like, come on. Like, he just hit me like that, bro. I'm going at this dude. And, like, especially with an NBA player, they're so much more competitive than us. Like, it's just in the moment. I mean, all they've had to do to get to that point. I mean, they're crazy competitive, ultra competitive. He's probably, dude, he, he's probably so mad at, in that moment. So I, I'm surprised to punch and get thrown either. He had a shot, though, too. I, they're, they're fortunate that a punch to get thrown. And I know, like I said earlier, LeBron, I, uh, Shams was on McAfee's show today, and he was saying how LeBron, like, tried to reach out to Stewart after the game and apologize and everything. But like you said, in the heat of the moment, where you get when you get whacked like that in the face and you start bleeding, like – like all bets are off. And it seemed like LeBron was just like held back by the official trying to stay out of it. But call that unintentional or intentional. It looked like to me, that was pretty goddamn intentional. I was pretty hard. And the ball already went in the basket, like geez. And it was like the second shot. And you could kind of see LeBron like looking at him when the arm follows through. So I don't know. I think yeah. that was a little too far. I don't see how any human being can watch that and like form the opinion that it wasn't intentional. Like, if that was, like, a natural motion, then why doesn't somebody get punched in the face on every free throw? Like, like seriously, like, how can you watch that? He extended his arm. The, the guy was gushing blood. That, like, that doesn't happen on every play. That just doesn't happen. It was clearly intentional. But I am so shocked the NBA actually suspended LeBron. I was certain they wouldn't. I was saying it today. I was like, you're dumb if you think they're suspending LeBron. I guess I'm the dumb one. Um, yeah. But going back got to too what, much backlash, they would get way too much backlash. Going back to what Gilbert Arenas said, though, like, oh, you can't go out like LeBron. Why not? Like, why is he untouchable? He's not the best player in the NBA. He's not top five. And I think a lot of people. Not top. Him, I mean, no, come on. he might not. He has like this. Five. Why is he untouchable? So he could just punch somebody in the face and they can't react. <laughs> like, how is that? No, but no, no, no. Uh, Gilbert Arenas had some bad points. If you actually like, read his full like Instagram caption, some of the stuff he said makes oh, me he types like essays on that. Because, time because it's funny because he types with the emojis too out there. But it's, I know it's like hard to read. But the thing is, um, he like said Ennis Cancer got like, um, like, what do you say about the Turkish president, like, went after Ennis Cantor because he went at LeBron? That had nothing to do with why the Turkish president went after Ennis Cantor. Because you know what? Like, the Knicks in Cavs played 2018. Ennis Cantor goes at LeBron in that game, right, at MSG. And then he, Gilbert Arenas typed that that was the reason why the Turkish president came after Cantor. The reason why the Turkish president came after Cantor is because he was talking about, like, the freedom and stuff of, of Turkish and all that. He was... Uh, yeah, and they arrested his, they arrested his yeah, father. Yeah, yeah, like that had nothing to do with LeBron James. So like, he totally misread the situation. Unless it was like a joke, it, it could have been like satire. That part, or there's something that they're reading. He's reading in between the lines that people in the NBA circle know about that we don't. I don't know. 
I think it might have been, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think he did just misread the situation, but there's a potential scenario where it could have been sat satire and he was just like saying like that's the kind of shit that would happen if you go at LeBron. I don't know though. I mean, yeah, the, the whole situation's look, people are saying their arms got tangled, but you still don't punch a guy in the face if your arm gets tangled. Like there's just no wish, justifying what LeBron did. I wish I was blind enough to see that as unintentional. I just I really don't <laughs> like sure they their arms tangled, but LeBron still clearly goes at him yeah, after the ball. Like, once again, arms get tangled every game, but people aren't gushing blood every game. Like it just was not a natural motion. I don't see how anybody could say otherwise. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, what Sham said today was uh, that he would kind of be surprised too, if LeBron did get suspended. And a lot of people were saying that all the McAfee guys were saying that too. And think about it. This is the first time LeBron's going to be back in MSG uh, in two years as a Laker, you know, there's a lot of hype leading up to it and now he's not playing. So kind of interesting there. And that kind of aspect, I thought that that was something that the NBA would take into consideration. I thought maybe it would have been a little bit heftier or a fine, but they'd want him out there on Tuesday night. Cause you know, Madison Square Garden, LeBron James, the Knicks are, you know, competitive now. I don't know. Pretty interesting, at least from that point. But I mean, we could talk about the Knicks now, though, uh, and their continued struggles. I mean, Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, the two additions in the offseason, look like massive disappointments uh, in replacement of Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. Evan Fournier was paid about $70, $80 million for four years, and he's been absolutely atrocious. And the starting five just severely lacked ball movement. The only way this team gets back into games is when the bench unit comes in and quickly and Burks and Rose get involved. And, you know, Randall's been just a ball stopper, dribbles into the corner, waits to get a shot. RJ and Kemba just don't have defined roles. The thing with RJ Barrett, too, is the same thing. He sits in the corner. You know, get him get him the ball. Let him get to the basket. You need to be calling plays for him, calling shots for him. He's the second-best player on this team. Um, I don't even know if he's in there. Just disgraceful. I don't know if he is, though, Frank, because he, they, they have – I think part of it is RJ's fault with like the, it's just confusing to me how he has not found a role in the team yet. I think some of the, some of the blame has to land on RJ because it just feels, or maybe the coaching staff too, because it just feels like RJ does not get his touches, like just natural touches. He doesn't bring the ball up on any, like never. never. Yeah. It's, it's like, just I, I, goes I into the corner. It's like, I think, I think some of the blame has to go on Randall because he brings the ball up a lot. And he just kind of kills the vibe of the offense. Like at yeah. times when he's trying to get his own shot, like he holds a ball so long, like get your, you have to get your other like teammates involved. Like it's a team game. You can't just go one-on-one -on -one every night and win, especially this year. He hasn't been winning a lot of those times. He's, he's well, teams trap him and, and he's forced to make a bad pass out of a double team. And he said he was going to improve on that over the off season and become a better playmaker. And he really hasn't. Well, I mean, Randall, he's, he's a solid, like traditional playmaker, but it's just tough because He's got to like, he's got to stop having the tendency to dribble to the corner. Like you said, this is the he problem. That. He's not a number one option and he has to play like one. And the second problem is that this team is getting away from their identity. This was a defensive team last year, the best defensive in the league. Oh, the improved, though. The they would come out every improved. single night and play their hardest on the defensive end. And that's how they win basketball games. You add these two guys, Fournier and Walker, and we lose, we lose defense because of them, first of all, and we lose some of that identity. And listen, I don't care how much you signed the guy for. I don't care that Kemba Walker was an all-star at one point. If someone on the bench is playing better, they need to be playing more minutes. I don't care that quickly he's a young guy and he's a second-year player. I don't care that Alec Burks is only making $10 million. Same thing with Derrick Rose. The better players deserve to play. That's the reality of it. Just right, right. The, the defense has been a lot better, actually, recently. Like, they're top 10 over the last five games. And Listen, 
Mm, but I just they, they've allowed under 100 points last like, night. In the last five games, I think. Where was their defense in the last five minutes of last night's game? They just oh, gave DeRozan, DeRozan was just getting free any, yeah, DeRozan was getting to his spots. Listen, up. Yeah, like easily. for DeRozan, that that free throw mid range is a layup, and he had like four of those in a row. Like, where was their defense then? I don't care about the advanced stats of how they play defense in the second. Well, no, quarter. I mean. Like, I'm just saying, like, they're even just basic points per game stats. Like, they've been like, they, getting better. They have bad individual defenders, and it shows in clutch moments like that, whereas they didn't last year. Dude, I get it. We like to hate them. has been the problem over the last couple of games. I mean, they, they struggle to score 100 points in a lot of these games. And the problem well, is Kemba's not – Kemba's lost a step. Like, no doubt Kemba's lost a step. But he's also not involved in the offense enough. He he's facing a similar not problem. A true at the point guard position. The no, problem it's is not. It's dude, I think it goes back to Randall. The problem he's not even getting touches. Like he's yeah. not even able to bring the ball up. It's not Randall brings the ball up. It has like nothing Randall to do with that. He's is, not a playmaker. It's just that he's not getting touches. Watching Julius Randall almost reminds me of like James Harden on the Rockets. He's like do, he's like they want him to do everything at all times, and it's like what? It just doesn't work. And he, he, he had a good game last night, but like for I mean, most sure, of the sure, but it didn't win terrible. in the game though, because nobody else had it going. So they lost. And like, I, yeah. I'm sure everybody in the team would trade Julius Randle's 30 points for a win. Uh, I say this all the time about the Lakers. When you're not touching the ball and you don't have a consistent role on a nightly basis, it's hard to produce. Mm-hmm. That's what Kemba's facing right now. I mean, Kemba. Same with RJ Barrett. Same with everybody on this it's team. Not, it's it's so frustrating because I'll see Kemba. If if we're going to have Kemba walk around the court, the guy's got to score and get touches. He's got to get touches because he can't play defense. He can't defend. So if you want to play him 25 minutes a night, you got to get him more design touches. And he just can't. His only looks he ever gets are just some ridiculous threes that help the force, some driving layups on some good plays that he'll have where he gets to step on a defender and, and gets an easy layup. You know, those are great plays, but we got to see more of that. We got to see more Kemba because on offense, I mean, he can put the ball in the hoop if he gets touches. I'm still a believer that Kemba could be a solid player for us. It's just that the, the coaching has really been a nightmare with. And then the, I think the coaching has been the biggest problem so far with the, even the rotations as well, just not mixing the starting five with the bench. I mean, that's Scott, always just, been, that's always been a, an issue with coach, issue with with coach Thibodeau though. Yeah. Like, even back to the Bulls days, it's the same stuff we've been saying. And you know yeah. what, like I said, I, like I said, I think it's part of the fact that it's new and they're trying to give it time to gel. But we talked about this on the last time we talked about the Knicks. How much longer are you going to wait until the, like, let's, it's just so frustrating. It's it's like we're paying Evan Fournier eighty million. That that means he has to play. No, that doesn't mean that. You need to give more of these guys opportunities because they could be playing better basketball. Yeah, Evan yeah, Fournier, sucks. he sucks. He can't create his own yeah. shot. He's inconsistent on a night to night basis, and he's a shitty defender. And at the time when I said it was an overpay, I was called crazy. Well, Fournier, Fournier has. I think Fournier's been like solid as a shot creator. It just that he hasn't gotten enough. It just goes back to the opportunity. And he's been and very. And public. everything. And look, look at every single problem. It comes back to Julius Randle. And listen, I'm not trying to put all the blame on him. He's the reason why we were great last year. He's a great leader for this team, but he's just not a number one option. He's not. No, but he he could be. It's just that he's like, I think it just got, you got to stop playing like James Harden, like Graf said. He doesn't need to do everything. Just, just but put some responsibility his on some like, other I'm guys. Sure, like the, the coaching staff has something to do with I that. think the coaching staff's more to blame than Tell Randall. to bring up the ball like every play. And like there's some plays where he doesn't even pass the ball. He just gets it and dribbles the air out of it. And it's like, what? He, he doesn't yeah, he have dribbles, the shot making ability. way too much. And I just want to see Randall be like more, like more, just more aggressive when he has the ball. Because he has the ball a lot, but he dribbles for dribbles, 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 dribbles. Mm-hmm. Just shoot it, man. Just, just shoot play it. with more pace. This is a young falling last man. night. 
his shot was falling last night, but like he had Caruso on him and he like wasn't taking yeah. it to the basket. He was taking jump shots. They were falling last night, but that's not like a good thing. I don't think. You know, Caruso know. and Levine were playing defense on him, and you know he was uh, he was having to work for his baskets. Like, he, I don't know, man. I, I think, and when his shot isn't falling too, like it's even worse. Like last screwed, shot yeah. was falling, and it was mm-hmm. I mean, it was at least solid because he was making the shots. But you know, he shouldn't. That's not gonna happen every night. He's shooting forty two percent this season, which is pretty inefficient. I mean, it's, the problem yeah. is though that there's no flow to an offense. You don't have exactly like it's a it's a one man game. It's all ISO ball. That it doesn't work. And, and the bench plays with the bench plays together. The bench is perfect. I love the bench watching. Them. That's why the, that's the best bench in the NBA. We have all I'm pretty sure. We do um, backdoor cuts. I mean, we have oh, we. I, I saw Emmanuel quickly set a backdoor screen for Obi on the lob. Like what? We have Emmanuel quickly our our backup guard setting screens off ball. I don't see Kemba doing that. I don't. I mean, we got. I don't see Fournier doing that. We got to get our, good, our starters. Here's a good example. You want to know how they'll learn? Play the other guys. Start the other guys. Start the game with Emmanuel quickly and start the game with Alex Burks and start the game with Obi Toppin at the five. Why not? You got nothing to lose. At least see if that experiment doesn't work. Clearly what we have now is not working. How much longer are you going to wait until you make a change? Because that soon I'm going to be calling for the coach's head. Well, Noel, Noel, um, I think Noel at the five is fine. I think we need to change the guards though. The guards got to change. Like we, we, something's got to change. Maybe you just take out Kemba for now and keep Fournier in because no, I would I would take I out know, Fournier for both. quickly. I think the energy quickly brings is unmatched. So quickly and Kemba or quickly and Burks? I, I'd start Burks. I'd start I'd start quickly and Burks. Uh, I would start Burks too. Burks is on fire. Let him play more. Let him. Play. You got to ride the hot hand, man. You got to well, ride the hot hand. And no, Kemba, no, I'm not a definitive answer. But. This is the Knicks, right? We're supposed to pride ourselves on energy, defense, and playing as a team. If you are a team and you want to win and your goal as a team is to win a championship, the best players should play and everybody else should accept that. Oh, you know what I don't like, though, is that, like, when people say, like, this is the Knicks, we play hard. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, the Knicks. Yeah, it's your brand of basketball. No, but the Knicks teams in the 90s have nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Like, I hate when people say, like, oh, like, the, the Patriots, they play the simple way. But, like, at least they have Bill Belichick still. The Knicks don't have the guys in the 90s still. This isn't the same team as the 90s Knicks. Like, That's it, what they prided themselves on last year. That was the identity. No, I'm saying, but, like, I, I don't like when people have the whole, like, thing of, oh, like, um you know, this, the Knicks always play with this because not every Knicks team is going to be the same is, is my point. Like, no, but it's the same team majority as last year and the same coach, a couple of new additions. They, they went away from that identity that we so-called had. Yeah, no, they know, um, you know, last year's team, no last year's team. They, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's ridiculous. This is the way that this team was built. This is the way this team succeeded and over exceeded. Honestly though, over these last five, like the first six games when we were five and one, we were just raining threes. It was Raining a lot of beer. I mean, we were getting buckets. Oh, Fournier was playing great. Remember the Celtics game? I mean, yeah. he's hitting everything. Like, that was, I think we were kind of losing our identity in those games. We were still winning. And then even the first couple of games of the losing streak, we, we kind of fell away. But I think we're getting back to our de- identity now. I think we're going back to last year where we can't score enough points to win a game. I mean, we, we have 99. I mean, let's not act like last year's team was perfect. Last year had a lot of issues where we, our guards couldn't, uh, you know, create their own shots. Randall was a ball stopper for a lot of these games last year. RJ was playing a really basic role, which is if he's not scoring in transition, he's going to have five points. If RJ doesn't get transition buckets, he's going to score five points a night. It's a lot. Yeah, that's what happened last night. He's the second best player on the team. He had nine last night, but he only had two baskets. That can't happen. He shot like two for 12 too. It was terrible. That just, that can't happen. He's He's been doing that consistently. He's probably the second most talented player on the team. He's got to be more involved. 
got to be way more involved too. They got they got a lot to figure out. Part of it is the dribbling too. I mean, he just really he's not a good dribbler. He's not he doesn't have a good handle, honestly. I think that's a kind of I think that's an underrated facet of why he's mm-hmm. not getting more involved. I, and then playmaking, he's he's a terrible playmaker, dude. I, I know it's been disappointing because I always thought coming out of college he'd be just like James Harden, maybe not as good, but he has not shown any of that. And the so. foul line, he doesn't get to the foul line as no. really as we thought. I mean, that's because of the role. That's he doesn't get enough touches for to get to the line a lot, but yeah. Well, they got a lot to figure out, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, let's talk about the Rockets real quickly. I know we have it on the slate. Um, I said in the thing, but we don't want to go too long here. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about them just a little just briefly. Um, they I mean, they're up to a one in 15 start this season. Um, on pace for five wins, guys. On pace for a five and seventy-seven record. Um, they average 19 turnovers a game, is which I, I thought was pretty interesting. That's the second um, or the, that was it's literally the worst mark in the NBA. The second worst is 16.6 a game. So I mean that, that tells you a lot. And I was at the Rockets and Knicks game on Saturday, and I saw a lot of those, those things. I mean, they make some of the 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 laziest passes you'll ever see, the, the most foolish passes. Well, they'll literally just chuck the ball out of bounds. The amount of plays where I saw the ball fly out of bounds with no guy in sight, it was ridiculous. I mean, they were really just playing sloppy. And I think Steven Silas, our coach, has has kind of has to put – you have to put some of the blame on him because defensively they're a really bad transition defense. They don't get back on defense. They allow way too many easy buckets off these bad passes, off these bad shots, poor shot selections from Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, all these guys. And, and Jalen Green, I'll give a pass to him because he's young. But the coaching staff's got to get in their ear and tell them, yeah, you got to fix the shot selection because they don't get they don't get good shots. They never really get, you know, into a nice set with good ball movement and, you know, get easy baskets. And that's a big problem for them. And that's why I think Listen, there, there's no doubt this guy's in over his head, but they have no talent. Like they have no point guard. So who's going to pass the ball? You know, who's going to get them transition buckets and defensively like they have no good defenders. Like, yeah, I mean, and Daniel House is, was supposed to be their good defender, but he's been, I mean, ever since that incident in the bubble where he had like the girl, yeah, that, he's been a mess. He brought the girl in as like a DoorDash driver, right? Well, he, mm-hmm. I think they pretend to make up like a DoorDash driver, the girl, and then he brought him into the, to yeah, the hotel. At the end of the day, like they're playing Jalen Green at point guard. He doesn't have a lot of experience at point guard. They don't have any experience whatsoever on that entire roster outside of Eric Gordon. And once again, he's not a point guard. You need somebody who can handle the ball. You need somebody experienced. They don't have anything. Like, no wonder why they're not winning basketball games. They're awful. Jalen Green is struggling right now, which is not too surprising for a rookie who likes to shoot a lot. We saw it with Anthony Edwards last year. Not to say he's going to be a bad player, but right now he's not playing great. And, like, he's legitimately probably the best player on the team. Maybe Christian Wood. So it, there's Oh, no Christian way. Wood's better than Jalen Green. Yeah, but Christian Wood's, like, not lighting anything he's up He's not either. playing good this year either. He's been very inefficient. I think Christian Wood got really overrated because um, he kind of came out of nowhere and then had, like, one good season. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, this is a free 20 and 10 guy. Well, last year in Houston, he was pretty – he shot 21 points a game, like 41% from three. He was fantastic. Again, only one season. And now he's falling back down to earth a little bit. And it's just – like they're just they're just a horrible basketball team. And K, for me, it's KPJ. I mean, I expected kind of where he picked like ended last year to kind of pick off the start of this season, and he just has not been that. No, and it's not. like, it, like it's like you said, they don't have any leadership. There's no veteran leadership. There's no actual true point guard. It's a bunch of young guys running around trying to play pickup basketball in the NBA, and it's just not working. It's just and not John was on their bench, the $40 million man. It's not an open gym. These guys are really talented basketball players and individually really gifted, but you got to gel as a team. They're, they're young. Not a team. Someone that could guide them, and they're just not a team. Exactly. It's a bunch yeah. of individual basketball. Know, man. You know what? Look at, the, look, 
Look at the Thunder. Once again, they're not a crazy talented basketball team, but like you said, Ben earlier, they're one, they're a great they're a great defensive team. They gel as a team. They have an identity, and that's how you win basketball games. This Rockets team has none of that. They don't have an identity. They don't play as a team. And, yeah, that, and above all else, not having talent just fucking kills them. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. but like they they have nothing. They have well, YouTube. We're, we're thankful that YouTube allows people to curse on my comment. <laughs> But it's oh. just it's just so shocking. Like looking at their lineups, like they don't have a point guard. KPJ is not a natural point guard, and he's no. also missed a few games now. Um, and like they just have no talent at all. Like Daniel Tice is like starting. Oh my but God. Daniel Tice is. I mean, he's probably he's probably one of their better players. He's not okay. Bad. But what does that say about their roster if, if Daniel Tice is one of your better players? And then I think an underrated part though is they also lost Kelly Olynyk from last year too, who was phenomenal for them. He averaged he's been good for Detroit. Been good for very good for Detroit. Detroit. Yes. The Rockets, yeah, they're not shooting the ball well. What I have the stats written down, they're like 28th in three point percentage. Yeah, like, so they're not shooting the ball well in a league where you have to shoot it well. They're they're worst at offensive efficiency. They they don't pass the ball. They're 29th in assists, as we touched on. They don't have a playmaker, and then they turn the ball over at like a historically bad rate. So it's no wonder they're not good. And it all comes back to them not having a point guard. They don't pass the ball well. They don't get open looks. Like it's just who who, who thought that was a good idea? It's tough. Do you guys think uh, Stephen Silas is on the hot seat for them? Coming no, from Dallas, he's going to get at least the rest of the season. But I agree. It's definitely he's definitely in over his head a little bit because, like, at the end of the day, like they're not getting easy buckets through play design, and that's something you'd at least kind of like to see. But yeah, all right, let's move on to also Mailbag Monday, shall we? To wrap up the episode, um, just an, an iconic segment on, on the on the pod. All right, we start off. Um, well, hold on, real quick, as I get uh, this up. Um, it tends to take me some time to get this up, but there we go. We're we're here. We're live. Um, and our first question comes from Hunter Hambry. Um, actually, never mind. I, that question, I mean, look, we'll answer the question for Hunter. Um, Hunter Hamby asks, will the Cowboys beat the Raiders even um, with injuries at wide receiver? Um, I yeah. think Amari Cooper's out, right? Not yet. I think Lamb's going to be out again. Lamb's going to be out, but is Cooper out? Yeah, Cooper's go, out. Go win. Who cares? What? Go win. Okay, yeah, so – Raiders are really vulnerable on the ground. Joe Mixon just ran all over them. It's going to be a lot of Zeke and Pollard, and they'll, they'll figure Other out. players, Gallup, Cedric Wilson, solid, Dalton Schultz, they'll be fine. All right, this is a good question from Orlando Magic Nation Sports. Uh, he asks, what's next for the Orlando Magic and Jamal? Uh, and is Jamal Mosley a good head coach? Or I, Jamal Mosley, I don't know why. I, I kind of like – I like got tired during the, me saying that, but Jamal Mosley – is Jamal Mosley a good head coach? I think he is. I mean, I think it's too early to tell them. Too early to tell for sure. But yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's awful. Like I think Steven Silas kind of is right now. But I don't. I, I mean, as a person who's watched three Magic games this year, but I'm watched all the Knicks Magic games. I mean, I think their offense is like he has done a good job. To, I think Orlando's done a, a good job. Player good job underrated. A uh, player developing exactly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they developed like Markel Fultz of South Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner having a, a terrific rookie season yeah, so they, far. They're getting a lot Franz of other guys. Franz has man. turned it on as of late. He had like 19 points in the first quarter versus Brooklyn, one of those games. I saw he had 30 something. Didn't he have 30? Yeah, I think, I think that was the game versus Brooklyn because he had 19 in the first quarter. Yeah, I think he had 31 or something like that. He's, he's he been turning game. it on as of late after a slow start. I mean, yeah, I, I think that Jamal Mosley, I mean, he was hired, you know, for being, I mean, I think I, I like the hire coming in and, and now he's kind of proving why he's been that kind of offensive, offensive genius, offensive guru. 
Um, so I, I think this is a pretty, I think he's been a pretty solid hire in the Magic or what, like four and 11? I don't know. Listen, if as a Magic fan, though, you have to be somewhat happy considering like every single year, all you guys would be over the last few seasons was an eight seed. You know, your draft picks that you had starting to turn up, Cole, like everyone's developing and you're winning some games you're not supposed to be winning. Like you're in a better state than the Rockets are right now. You know what I mean? So I, I'd be happy with where, where yeah, I'm it sitting It was right smart now. to blow it up when they did get rid of Vucevic, exactly. Fournier, uh, Aaron Gordon. It Aaron, was get what you can. Get what mm-hmm. you can. And I think Jamal Mosley, I mean, I know like I'm not going to like take credit away from Luka Doncic because like you can't take away credit from Luka Doncic, but I think the Dallas coaching staff, like the Dallas coaching tree has had a lot of guys like get hired for like kind of the offensive minded things that they do in Dallas. Cause I mean, Dallas had the best offense in 2020 in the NBA history, um, most efficient offense in 2020. Um, and I mean, Jamal Mosley was an assistant coach there under Rick Carlisle. So yeah, I mean, so far so good. He's been a, a pretty good at, you know, with the guards and I look, they beat the Knicks twice. Terrence Ross went off for like 15 points in the fourth quarter the first time. Second time, it was really Terrence Ross. I mean, he did his thing again. Cole Anthony did his thing. Yeah, it's been, um, it, it, those were tough games to watch. But um, moving on to the next question um, from Trent Bird. He asked, what is your favorite burger topping? Um, Trent Bird, shout out to the question. Or shout out for onions. the awesome question. Onions, that's a fact. Cooked onions. Cheese or ketchup. Onions. Well, that's, like, that's like normal, bro. But that's a topping, though, is it not? It's like on the burger. Hey, yeah. Oh, it is, it I, is. I, I like like cheese, mushrooms, onions, ketchup. Mushrooms? Yeah, onions and mushrooms on it is fire. And bacon? I, I don't like that stuff, personally. And I love this question. I, I love this question from Logan Preble. Um, He said, make a Discord. We actually have to make a Discord, I think. That would be a fun way to interact with the uh, you guys. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. We, we definitely got to make one because that, that would be a fun way to interact. That That's a good idea. And then also, I, what's that? I feel like we said that before. We, we've we talked about that. I don't think we've. I mean, no, we like, we, we I think the idea got brought up. But we haven't really ever followed. Yeah, because I said for a fan. We, we got to get on it for sure. I mean, how hard is it to make a Discord? I, I see everyone like free. Not hard. I, 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 how hard can it possibly be, right? I mean, look, I mean, who am I kidding? Maybe it is hard. I don't know. But he wants us to debate these like Two things I would say: tacos are nachos. Nachos, nachos, right? Nachos, right? Tacos, especially the hard shell ones. I just hate them; like they always fall apart. Yeah, the hard shell ones are gross because you. Well, the nachos is great. It's like a taco. It's just easier to eat. You get mm-hmm. your nice chip. You get the meat on it, the cheese on it, the hot Not, sauce. Soft oh, tacos aren't bad though, because at least you can eat the soft taco. You know. I still prefer the nachos because it's literally like a mini no. version of a taco, and it's just easier to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um. Orange chicken or sweet and sour chicken? Sweet and sour. Have you guys ever had sour. sour chicken? I just eat the chicken and broccoli. I don't know what. Oh, I'm what going they- orange chicken. Orange chicken's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, I'm orange chicken, hands down. And then also, thoughts on anime and if you've ever watched it. We, we get asked about the anime. We asked that like last week. Yeah, I know we don't not, watch not anime. Not last week, but it was a couple weeks ago we got asked about that, but we do not watch anime on here. Um, I know all about one, Naruto. I'm definitely saying that wrong. I definitely just pronounced Naruto. Is it Naruto? You're asking the wrong Naruto. guy. I know, I, I know it's it's N-A-R-U-T-O, but I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Naruto. It's, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm about, I'm sorry if I'm uh, pronouncing that wrong. Um, but JR asked, waffles are pancakes. So shout out to JR Smith. Waffles are the most overrated delicacy in the history of the world. They yeah, don't I like waffles good. better. <laughs> they don't taste good. 
You like waffles? Hey, bro, it's the same batter. It doesn't matter. Why? The waffles are more fluffy. Waffles are more crispy. No, yeah, can what? not if you have a good waffle maker. Pancakes are more fluffy than waffles. Like what? Not if you have a good waffle, waffle maker. maker. <laughs> yeah, bro, Belgian waffle mix is insane. I just think it's such a hassle. You know, waffle maker like a pancake. You just throw them on the stove. They're done in three minutes. <laughs> I've never heard someone say that uh, pancakes are are not softer than uh, waffles. Have you guys never watched Harold and Kumar a Christmas one? Of course I have. Waffle we watched it together. We do not like a waffle bot always wins. He's a I great know. guy. We literally watched that movie together like multiple times. I've it's never, I've never heard that. You have to watch that movie, Aaron. It's Chris. It's literally like Christmas time soon too. You gotta what, watch what is it. it? What's it called? It's called Harold and Kumar, like a very Merry Christmas, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So funny. tremendous movie, but yeah, it's hilarious. Take all the way. And then our last question of the day: We got a couple questions about the Patriots that we, we could potentially answer real quick. Oh, the Deflatriots? Are we thinking about the Patriots, fellas, or, or what? I think they're question. the best team in the AFC. All right, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll answer this one. Are the Patriots Super Bowl contenders? If yes, why so? From Tom Brady. Actually, yeah. Tom Brady just uh, – man. Yes, because if they're the best team in the AFC, then they'll be – it's safe to assume they have a chance to make the Super Bowl. And if they're in the Super Bowl, then that, like, that makes them a contender. They have the know. highest point differential, too. Their mm-hmm. defense has been balling. Yeah, and they've, they've beaten good football teams, too. And they're well-coached. We obviously know that. Their defense is lights out. So there's oh, no really? I, I didn't know that they're well-coached. You want to see this? Listen, they got, they got four tough games in the next five weeks. You got the Titans, the Colts, and the Bills twice. They're going to win three of these games, I think. They're oh, the really good teams are going to be huge, right? To play twice still. They're really, yeah. They're a really good football team. They're, they're going to win a lot of those games. They mm-hmm. won five straight, too. They're the hottest team in football, you would argue. Are we yeah, five in a row. They have a right? early touchdown from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Godwin. Already? But the game, it, isn't it eight? It's literally eight. Starts at 8 15. Yeah, Godwin's oh, in the end. Oh, it's, it's not 8 20. It's oh. not 8 20. So they, they just literally marched down the field and scored in like six minutes. Yeah, they, I don't even think they were in a third down. <laughs> That's nice. Giants, I'm glad we didn't include them in our NFC wildcard teams because they don't deserve to be in that conversation. But that's going to be it from the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 87 on this Monday, November 22nd. It, why does it rhyme so well, 87, 22nd? I don't know. It, it, whatever. Uh, that's going to be it from us. Um, real quick before we sign off on here, I do just want to uh, make sure to tell you guys, rate and review the podcast if you guys have not already. That would really help us out a lot. Um, we would gladly appreciate that. Also, um, if you know, you're know you following us on YouTube, hit that like button. If you watch our content and don't subscribe, please um, consider hitting that red button uh, for your voice. Um, and yeah, I mean, follow our socials, our Instagram, our TikTok, our Twitter, and we'll see you guys in the next one on um which is going to be next monday peace fellas